say fuck them, don't feed them cause we don't even need them I never celebrate the towns out of taking I feed them Man, I am fired up. I'm fired up, man, because we are at war. It's not a kinetic war, but make no mistake, this is a war. For years, shit posters, trolls, bloggers, podcasters, and vloggers have been under attack. They've been kicked off of social media, depersoned, and financially broken. The bend is always the same. Libertarians, conservatives, anarchists, populists, and every other anti-establishment personality that refuses to conform to the status quo centrism of perpetual war, mass murdering women and children for the heinous crime of being born in a foreign nation, perpetual debt, 27 trillion and growing at an exponential rate, economic fascism, corporate state cartels and enforced monopolies, mass surveillance, censorship, and blacklist are destroyed through a concerted effort of the big tech media banking trifecta. That's not to mention intelligence agencies. Even little old me finds myself under attack as of recent. In May of 2020, Year Zero began to hit its stride. It wasn't perfect. Recording podcasts out on the road is challenging, and I've had my share of quality issues with sound and signal. But growth started ticking up rapidly. I received an email from Apple that I found encouraging. Year Zero had breached the top 75 in the genre of politics. That's not too bad for a no-name trucker constantly struggling with scheduling and energy. But suddenly in late July, the four and five star ratings I'd been receiving came to a halt and a barrage of one star ratings and a few bad reviews hit my Apple rating. I dropped from a solid 4.5 star podcast to a 2.5 star podcast, nowhere near the top 100 anymore. This appears to be a concerted effort and it seems to be ramped up with the censorship of other voices by big tech since the election of Joe Biden. The cathedral and its androids want dissident voices silenced, especially voices like mine reaching blue collar Americans. My anti-intellectual assault on their narratives and revised history relates to the truck drivers, construction workers, welders and pipe fitters, mechanics, drunkards and deplorables. The last thing they want is a coalition of gritty, no-nonsense men and women rejecting their waspy, overeducated sophistry and demanding complete freedom from their blood-soaked regulatory grip. Help me fight back against these monsters. Go to your favorite podcast feed, subscribe, give me a five-star rating, and review Year Zero. We can push these ratings back up and tell the elites to go to hell. It's up to all of us to support each and every creator that we rely on. Donate a dollar or two a month to your favorite creators. Grant five-star ratings to, to all of them. Give them reviews. And share all of our work as we continue to build our brands and fight the propaganda war in the interests of our children and grand, grandchildren. You can shoot me a, a donation at paypal.me forward slash Tommy Salmons. Um, subscribe to my Substack, tommysalmons.substack.com. Check me out on the Libertarian Institute forward slash 
I'm sorry, it's libertarianinstitute.org forward slash year zero. And just show us all support. We're out here working really hard. We're doing all we can to fight back against this propaganda machine. And uh, like I said, these blood-soaked monsters, man. So enjoy the podcast. I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Thanks for sitting through that introduction. That's going to be a regular. And thanks, Tom Burton, for the music. I'd also like to thank Ryan Bunting for the new artwork. And you can find all of uh, Ryan Bunting's talents at ryanbunting.com. And speaking of Ryan Bunting, guess who today's guest is? Mr. Ryan Bunting. What is going on, my man? Not too much. Just another day in the life. You know how it is. I do know how it is. The dollar is becoming more and more worthless. <laughs> the people are getting restless. People are getting very restless. The price at nine mil has fucking doubled since last year. God damn, don't you know it? I was like, man, I'm just going to start reloading. I, I'm like, fuck it. I, I have been looking at reloading setups. like a, I want a progressive one so I can just... Yeah, well, you know, my buddy had a, a, a reloading setup for 40 cal uh, years ago, and uh, we both had 40 cals, but I don't have that gun anymore, and I didn't get that reloading set from him, so I'm kind of stuck without that, but yeah, I I, I definitely want to start looking at that, but that kind of, that kind of, that's kind of a good, you know, segue into why you're here we're here to talk about subversive technologies and all the bullshit that's been going on and you know we we've seen this coming for a long time it's been it's been small started with like youtube purges years ago youtube creators getting kicked off of the uh platform um despite however much money they were making youtube or themselves and um it's just continued you know, into 2021 and it's getting more blatant. And I remember reading a story in 2011, and this is part of the reason I never give these platforms credit as being um, private companies, because I remember the story from 2011 before Edward Snowden even came out. And it was talking about how the CIA had, had merged not merged but was using facebook and twitter to spy on american citizens and i was like well obviously these companies are state contractors mm -hmm. and so we were and then i read a couple of weeks ago i ran into a um a study that was conducted last year and it was talking about the amount of um defense contracts given out to big tech companies and Microsoft led the way with 5,000 defense contracts. Google was in second place with like something like 684 defense contracts. So it's obvious that these companies are not secure for the average person. Oh, absolutely. 
And I mean, with everything that's gone on recently with uh, Liberty Mind and Facebook accounts getting banned for no legitimate reason given, uh, you know, the whole parlor thing, like no matter how you feel about the platform, like that kind of shit should worry you. And it's just, it's, it's only getting worse. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, and they're, and yeah, they're, they're speeding up. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Project Veritas has released a couple of videos from um, Twitter, Twitter whistleblowers. And um, yeah, they got Jack Dorsey on video. Yeah. And well, and that attorney that was on uh, Joe Rogan podcast with Tim Pool and Jack Dorsey. Yep. Yeah, she, yep. what was her name? V Vidaya, Vid, Vid, I don't know. Man. Yeah. Vagina something. <laughs> so, yeah, she she was caught on there, and they're just talking about ramping up the censoring. And I know a lot of us, you know, have started moving to different places. We got our, our group in Signal, and, you know, um, I'm, I have a tel Telegram account. I was looking at this um, pocketnet.app. I was mm -hmm. kind of I was kind of checking it out. It's still a little clunky. It's uh it's really slow. Um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't finish setting up my account, so I have to go back to that and give it another try. I I figured that they were probably getting a ton of extra traffic because Tim Pool had mentioned it, so they were probably getting just a shitload more traffic than they were really expecting. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got mine set up, but I I think I've only successfully been able to post one time. I've tried po I've tried posting three different times on there just to see how it works, and it it just I couldn't get it to to complete. Yeah, there's there's bound to be some uh, some growing pains with these alternative platforms, uh, but hopefully one kind of cements itself as like the go to. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's going to be so much that I think it's going to be people are going to be spread out among several different platforms. And as one gets taken down, another one pops up. I mean, that's And that's, that's the ideal situation. You know, that's kind of like, it's the same application of like having 3d printable guns is that if one person in the operation gets taken down or one website gets taken down, seven more will pop up in its place. You know, the whole point is that we need to become like the Hydra. You cut off one head and two more sprout right up. Right. Yeah. And well, when we've seen this in, in history, um, as, as government has tried to regulate companies out of business and even, you know, attack, um, standard oil with antitrust or, or go after these uh, IBM with antitrust suits, by the time it's all complete, they react way too, too late. They just don't, because of the bureaucracy, they, they, can't keep up with the technology as fast as it's producing and so i think with big tech um twitter facebook google working hand in hand with the government the way that they do that you're not going they're not going to be able to keep up with as fast as people are moving going forward and i think that's a good thing because people are so determined at being free that they're going to continue to take actions on their own separate from the per permission granters so to speak yeah <laughs> yeah no and that's a that's a really good point well i mean you've seen it with hacking you see it, i mean even like 
even with bank robbers and you know they're always one step ahead you know they they just can't they can't keep up you know this whole minority report idea there was a um a police department in um florida that was doing this where they were they were scanning people's social media that lived in particular parts of the of the city and they were trying to determine whether or not somebody was going to commit a crime and so they would go and preemptively arrest them um, i remember reading about that yeah it's just creepy shit and so they're yeah, they're trying shit. to keep up they're they are trying to keep up and they're trying to stay one step ahead but i just don't think they have the manpower to deal with i mean you look at what's going on right now with GameStop. GameStop, you know i mean they just have no way yeah (laughs) they have no way of keeping up with us you know if if those that those that are truly determined to remain free are going to find a way to be free you know harry brown wrote that great book how i found freedom in an unfree world and people use that as a blueprint you know to say yes i want to live free yeah it's and you know what uh, uh it's, it kind of goes to something that I've been saying about software piracy for years, because like every, every couple of years, there's like something new where they're like, Oh, that's uncrackable. You know, you're not going to be able to pirate games anymore, or you're not going to be able to pirate Photoshop anymore. You know, like Denuvo came out and they're like, it's at the root level. There's nothing you can do. But what, what these companies always underestimate is that where there's a will, there's a way. And that sounds so like terribly cliche, but in like the software cracking world, no matter what fucking encryption or, you know, like it, whether it reaches out to the internet, whatever you do, someone will find a way around it. For example, like Adobe products, like Photoshop, Premiere, After Effects, all that shit have some pretty strict um, anti-piracy measures in place. And the way that, they get around it is there's a crack package, which what it does is it convinces your software that the address that it needs to look for a valid registration of your software is 127.0.0.1. And for those who are, who, who don't know shit about computers or networking, that is your, that is your home in, that's your home local IP address. That's, that's just like the basic default. So what it's, t- what it's telling the software is that Adobe's registration server exists on your computer and it's saying, oh yeah, dude, this is totally legit, go ahead. So you open it up and it says, oh, welcome back. Thank you for purchasing Photoshop or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> it just, it tricks it using its own supposedly, you know, strong anti-piracy and, and it has always been that way. Well, and there's always been, and there's always been the pirate side of the internet, the the yeah. the, tor- the torrent side of the internet, where people have been spreading movies and music for years. I mean, this, I, I think the first time I ever heard about it was Napster. Yeah. You know? And so they they've always been one step behind everybody, and at the rate that technology is advancing, like I said, there's just no way they they. They and then and then you see these stories. Um, I heard Eric July was uh did a video on an article he wrote, he read uh by a guy named Nathan Popper, I think. And obviously, all they can do is try to demonize anybody who's trying to subvert 
their control and their centralization as white supremacist or, you know, terrorists or whatever else they're trying to do. Extremists. Right. You know, that's, and, that's like the word du jour as of lately. Seditionist. Seditionist. Yeah. Is oh, yeah. 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 It's like, no, you, you misspelled secession. <laughs> you know, but so, so you, you kind of took it upon yourself when I kind of, when I told you I wanted to do this podcast and you said you had done, you were going to do some research and you were going to find out a bunch of information. So what have we come across in the last couple of days? So we've got the, we've got the obvious things like what's going on with, um, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter. Um, but I actually went back a little further and found a lot of things that I actually remember happening, but I didn't have the same lens that I kind of look at the world through now. So at the time I was just like, "Huh, that was, that's kind of funny. And then just moved on. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think before we go into this, I wanted to, I actually wanted to read the Wikipedia definition of subversion because I thought this was kind of interesting. Subversion refers to a process by which the values and principles of a system in place are contradicted or reversed in an attempt to transform the established social order and its structures of power, authority, hierarchy, and social norms. Subversion can, can be described as an attack on the public morale and, quote, the will to resist intervention are the products of combined political and social class loyalties which are usually attached to national symbols following penetration and parallel with the forced disintegration of political and social institutions of the state, these loyalties may be detached and transferred to the political or ideal ideological cause of the aggressor. So it's funny that in this definition, it implies that it's a, that it's a negative thing against the state. But what we're seeing now is that the state and big tech are actively engaged in it against the public. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and it's, it's okay. Their intervention into our lives is not subversion of our freedom. It is for our own good. It's for our security. They're here. They're trying to keep us safe. Oh, of course. It's always about safety. Well, just like, just like double masks, double penetration, all that shit's for the greater good. Right. 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 <laughs> You know, but it's it's always it's always gonna come back to to double think. You know, when, yep. whenever you're whenever you're looking at it, I remember that essay, which I point to a lot by George Orwell, and it was called um, I want to say it was called Politics in the English Language, and he talks about and the entire essay is talking about how the political class, the parasite class, if you will, mm -hmm. uses language in such a way that it's actually subverting language it's actually misrepresenting language and that's kind of what this whole series i'm doing with coop is about it's about how you take you take the the philosophical and you convert it to the ideological which the ideological depends on subjectivity on conceptualism and so you're talking about like kind of like the postmodern use of language to to create um, emotion based um, action for something that was a tool. So your tool then becomes the way. Right. So yeah. like so 
So you see this with with gun control. You have a tool, gun control, and it's 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 taken out of context as to what the gun community is all about, and it is considered to be a murderous way of life by just owning this tool. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of what, you know, what we're dealing with, but on a technological or on a virtual level. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, as, as we mentioned, and as uh, everyone knows that Google is not just like some big open free good guy. That's just like, Oh, all we do is aggregate the news. We know that they're up to some shady shit. Um, as far back as 2016, we know that they have at least nine separate blacklists. The first of which is autocomplete. When you go to Google, you type in, like, let's say, like, I'm, I'm actually going to go to Google right now just to see. If I do Donald Trump is... And it gives me a list of nonsense. And if I do like Joe Biden is, I get Biden administration news, live updates, a link to whitehouse.gov, a link to some inspirational tweet on Twitter. And the, the Donald Trump opposite is California man made pipe bombs. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even shitting you. Some Trump aides stuck with him till the end. Now they're screwed. <laughs> Palm Beach reviewing <laughs> whether Donald Trump is breaking rules by living at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> everything related in this search is negative and everything in the Joe Biden search is positive. So that's the first. So that's the first blacklist that Google has. Yeah, and I remember when that I, that was going on in 2016 with the Clinton campaign. Yep, absolutely. And so, like, again, we've known about this for a while, but it's it's becoming almost insulting how obvious it is. Yeah. So then, the second blacklist is YouTube, because since Google owns YouTube. They basically do the same thing. They control the algorithms. They control what gets suggested to you. Um, and they've flat out just removed people that they perceive as bad actors. I mean, I don't know if you ever used to watch Sargon of Akkad back in the day, but he was kind of, he was kind of like a centrist liberal type, but because he spoke out against woke culture, that was that was insufferable and they had to remove it. So he I don't was just think that I, I don't think that's what he got removed for. He had, um, he had called, <laughs> it was actually funny. He called the, uh, alt writers, the white nationalists, white niggers. <laughs> and that's what oh, it, God forbid. And that's what he got. That's what he got kicked off a of Patreon for and everything. Jeez. Ah, so it, it, he was insulting, uh, uh, an ideology that is considered disgusting by turning their language back on them, and and he got he got kicked and he off. Was, yeah, he got kicked off, which right. is <laughs> phenomenal. And, and the guy, 
the guy that hosted him still has a YouTube channel today, if I remember right. Because it was he was being interviewed by somebody and he had said it. And it was on some it was on some small channel too. This is when he lost his Patreon and everything. Now he has a podcast, from what I understand, called The Locust Eaters. That yeah, okay. he's yeah, he's got a uh, he's basically just got his own platform now. Oh really? It's, I haven't yeah. I haven't even checked it out. I should probably check it out. Yeah, I think he's kind of just like he's just like here's my website. Here's where my stuff is. You can get it all here. Right. Um. Yeah, and then Google has the account blacklist, which if you've ever actually read Google's terms of service, it's very vague. It's very non-specific. And this really applies to the big three, your, your Google, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them have very vague things where they say things like harmful speech. Well, what is harmful speech? They don't define it. And that's because it's liquid. It can change at any fucking time. And they can just determine that saying, hey, I think that people should be more free and I think the government should do less stuff. They can say, well, that's harmful speech. Well, and John Brennan now does. Yeah, and yeah, well, uh, well, obviously, I mean, we're terrorists. We're organizing right now. That's what this is. Podcasts count as organizing insurrections nowadays. Um, so, you know, just add another list that we're on. Cool. Um, and then you have, you have outside of the autocorrect account blacklist, you have uh, just the straight up news blacklist, which is where they determine which sources are trustworthy. They determine which ones aren't. Um, they were excluding, they exclude search results. So basically if you search for a certain thing, if they think that it's not okay, they just simply won't show it to you. As far back as like 2006, um, obviously around that time, they were, um, they were actually filtering out like conservative blogs, conservative websites. And they were, they were just straight up removing anything from search results that was even remotely critical um, of Islam. And then you have their whole AdWords program, which again, if they find you doing anything that's pee pee poo poo matic, they can shut off your account. They can see, like if you had $10,000 of ad revenue that you were going to get paid during your next pay cycle, mm -hmm. if they find that you did something, um, you know, that they didn't like, they would not, they would cancel your AdWords account and they would just seize whatever you had left in there. <laughs> so they're like, oh, so they're like, all right, you're done. S sorry about like the five years of work you put into building your brand. You're done. And we seize your stuff because that's what you agreed to in our vague terms of service. Um, they actually, uh, at one point, uh, it was back in 2016, they had shut down search results for anything related to payday loans except somebody called them out and said well google aren't you like one of the primary investors in lendup.com which is a payday loan <laughs> um so basically they were shutting out their competition and they're like well look we think that payday loans are predatory even though we fund one of the largest ones in the country um so we just want to keep people from being preyed upon, even though we're directly benefiting from it, which is just absurd. Um, and then, you know, it goes all the way down to just search results in general. 
the fact that they have basically quadruple the number of pages indexed compared to the next major search engine, they ultimately control the flow of information to the general public. You know, back in the day, like there was no like, oh, just Google it. Like Google it was not a thing. Right. It was, it was still a small search engine and it's reached the point that they're kind of like ubiquitous. They're just accepted that it's like nobody uses fucking ask Jeeves or Yahoo Bing or, or Bing. Yeah. Bing indexes, I think like 15 billion web pages, something like that. It may, they might be up to like 20 or so. Yeah. Google indexes 50 billion plus. Oh, wow. So they, they simply just have drastically more web pages indexed and therefore more data to use, which is why they were able to be like, hey, if we control the flow of information based on what people search, we can influence elections. And that's essentially what they did. Like you said, back in 2016 with the Clinton campaign, and it 100% happened again from, from 2016 to current. Yeah. And that, it, that is terrifying. No, it is. It is. We're, we all have we all have a Gmail account. We all some of us probably even have fucking bank information on a Google Pay or something. Mm-hmm. Like and now's the time to be weary of that. <laughs> right, right. And you know, I I think like what I'm doing uh, at least personally is I'm moving all my banking um to a credit union in in the little town I live in. You know, yeah. and you know, because that money goes back and gets it reinvested in the community. And so it's like, okay, well, I, I can at least start acting locally in that way. And um, when it comes to like my Gmail, I'm starting to move everything over to Proton Mail. You know? Yeah, I did. I did that uh, about a week and a half ago. Anything I had on Gmail, I switched to uh, my Proton Mail account. Anything important right off of Gmail. I archived all of my mail, backed it up so that I have it in a, in a physical file that I can access and I'm blanking out those accounts permanently. Right. Right. And yeah, so I'll only be using my Gmail to invite people to zoom meetings. That'll be it's it's only purpose for me will be that, you know, because I just have no other use for it. You know, whatever, you know, documents I get from, my car insurance or whatever, you know, along those lines, they can keep coming to me through Gmail and I'll use proton mail for anything else that I, I, I want to, you know, communicate, you know, no matter if I think it's shady or not shady or, you know, anti-government or not anti-government. I just yeah. don't, I don't care for anybody being that involved in my life. Absolutely. And you know, it's, like it's funny because we we've kind of seen this happening. Like we knew at that point in probably the early two thousands when it was like, okay, Google's kind of a big fucking deal. They're getting huge. They've got all these products where it's like, Oh look, we have, we have mail, we have documents, we have file sharing, we have all these things. And at first it looks really great. At least for me back then, because I, I was, I, was not initiated into Liberty yet. And I'm like, Oh great. One stop shopping. I can have all of my shit in one place. And like present me is like, Oh, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you weren't, you know, nobody thinks about it until they start, 
you know, really digging into it and figuring out what's going on and, and how dangerous it can be for an individual. You can, if all your, all your stuff is in one location, it's extremely convenient, you know? Yeah. But if all your stuff is in one location, you can be depersoned really fast. Real quick. Absolutely. So while we're on the topic of Google, uh, I would like to uh, recommend to your listeners an alternative. So if you use uh, like Google Drive for file sharing or Google Docs, Google Sheets, uh, you know, for like Excel spreadsheet type stuff, if you use any of that nonsense, download physical copies of it and there is... Uh, a website called CryptPad, C-R-Y-P-T-P-A-D.F-R. It basically emulates your Google Drive, your Google Docs, your Google Sheets, but it's it's completely encrypted end-to-end. You can choose who to share it with, whether that be multiple people, one person, or just yourself. Um, and it's basically to the point where if you forget your password, you're kind of fucked because they're like, we don't, we don't even know. We don't know what your password is. So if you forget it, your stuff's lost, Right. which, you know, it puts more of the onus on you. But if you want to share files securely and you want to have things that aren't, you know, Google Drive documents can show up in searches. There are search engines specifically for looking for public Google Drive files. So you might have uploaded something to Google Drive that you didn't realize you even set the public and people can be basically searching for it and using it. Um, CryptPad does have uh, a limit, you know, the, uh, a free account, you get like one gig of space, but I think they have monthly plans as low as $5 for a pretty significant increase in uh, file storage and stuff. So in times like these, if you are building a freedom cell or if you just want to back up your uh, 3D printer, gun files, whatever you have, CryptPad is probably the place to do it. Well, right, but but the but the thing is, and people need to understand this: when you're when you're you're trading, your the ease and the convenience of using Google uh, Drive or using um, the the cloud. Um, and, and you're having to take responsibility of keeping track of your password for CryptPad. And you may have to pay $5 a month for however many gigabytes, but these people aren't selling your information. So the only way they're making their money is if you are subscribing to them, you know? And yeah, yeah there are places like Signal that work straight off of donations. I was looking at a place earlier called uh, LiberPay, to start, um, you know, getting donations from my followers and, and, um, they, they work completely off of donations. They don't take a percentage of your money and stuff like that. So, you know, there are alternatives to CryptPad, but for sure, are they going to, are they going to be as secure as CryptPad? Are, are you going to feel as safe with the files that you're uploading and that you're keeping and that you're sending across the internet as you do with CryptPad? So you have to, you have to weigh all of these issues. Exactly. I, I actually believe I'm going to uh, upgrade my CryptPad account so that I can move. Um, I have a bunch of 3D printer files and just useful stuff. 
that are currently on, excuse me, on a uh, less secure platform. Uh, not Google, but still a less secure and prone to censorship platform. So I will be porting that stuff over. And plus, you know, the more support that these uh, sites get, the better the packages get. You know, if enough people move over and use the $5 a month package or whatever, they might go, oh, well, you know, we can we can actually give them more for the $5 package because we have so many. And that seems to be the level that people want to use. So cool. So again, I mean, we get to, we get to engage in markets even when we're fighting against mass censorship. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a, a, another thing to do is, you know, move, move money into Bitcoin and, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do that, that is subversive of the system. If you, if you enjoy the art, for the new art I have for the podcast, the federal reserve with the slaves walking in front of Ryan's the one who designed that for me and did a great job on it. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad it turned out good. <laughs> oh, it looks great, man. And I, I love the fact, I love the reactions I'm getting to it too. <clears throat> so people are like, wow, this, this looks quite Soviet. And it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a point behind that, you know? Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but uh, what, when it when it comes to backdooring, we were talking about Bing and Yahoo and these these other search engines that that don't get used. I use DuckDuckGo. How as do I? How, <laughs> how secure am I on DuckDuckGo? DuckDuckGo is basically the best alternative you can get security wise for simply using a search engine. Mm -hmm. um, there's several other layers that are still insecure basically every time you access the internet. And this isn't intended to like freak anybody out or anything, but like DuckDuckGo is great because they keep no tracking cookies. They don't care that you're searching for, you know, lesbian Asian fisting at three in the morning. They don't care. It's not their business. They How'd just say, <laughs> I just assumed but, um, Do you work for DuckDuckGo? No, I'm actually I'm a Fed. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, that's that's what's great about DuckDuckGo is that they don't track anything. They don't, um, you know, that's why you don't you don't get any like targeted ads like you do on Google, where like you know you you're talking to your wife on the phone on the way home from work one day, and you're like, oh man, I was really thinking about like maybe grabbing a hot dog or something. And then like you open up your phone, you go on Google and it's just like, Oh, fucking hot dog emporium five miles away. And it's like, eh, duck, duck, go doesn't do that. Um, so it, it is, it is smart to use that as a browser. Your next step would be change or as a um, search engine, excuse me. Your next step would be to use a different browser. I would recommend Tor. Um, your, Connection speeds are kind of capped by using Tor because of just because of the way the, the infrastructure is, but it is more secure. And then the final layer is using a VPN of some sort. So like VPN is where you can convince the internet that you're actually in fucking, you know, Uzbekistan. The Tor browser is like, I'm nobody. And then DuckDuckGo is like, well, I don't care that you're nobody. Here's the thing you're looking for. So that's right. basically your three layers of like internet access. VPNs are getting cheaper. Um, Tor browser's free. DuckDuckGo is free. It's just a website. 
Um, but the important thing to remember is that VPNs aren't um, the end-all be-all. There's only so far you can go. Just like with uh, software piracy, if somebody wants to crack your software, they will. And just like with accessing the internet, if someone wants to figure out where and who you are, they can. You can, however, make it significantly more difficult. And in times like these, it's probably a good idea to do that. Right. And I, I, I've seen some VPNs as low as two ninety nine a month. Mm -hmm. So they're not they're not extremely expensive at all. It's also good if you want to watch like British television. You can just convince Netflix that you live in the UK and you get Channel Four, all that shit. Oh no shit. Yeah. yeah. If you want like if you want to watch Japanese Netflix, you can just switch your VPN. Hey, I'm in fucking Hokkaido. What do we got? <laughs> you know? Oh, I didn't know so, you got to choose. I thought it was just randomly like it varies. It varies from service to service. Um, but like most VPNs, uh, at least in my experience, you can basically choose which location you want to connect from. Oh, okay. Okay. Which yeah. is uh, another, which is another handy tool. It's probably, it's probably how the fed boys were like, Oh, we've got all these IP addresses from Russia supporting the Trump campaign. Right. Like, no, no there are actually IP addresses from Washington pretending to be Russia. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was just thinking of. I was trying to remember the name of the program that they have that was revealed in, uh, uh in the, in the WikiLeaks, uh, vault seven that, that revealed that they could do that, but I can't remember the name of the program that they use. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very well, very, very well known that they can convince anybody that they are, you know, from any, any other country yeah. um, doing all this nonsense that they're doing. And, you know, I mean, you, you look at the history of, of intelligence and the way that they've operated and, and, you know, InQtel and COINTELPRO and all these different aspects of the intelligence agencies and the way that they, you know, the FBI framing, you know, mentally handicapped people for, you know, terrorist plots just to keep themselves on the dole. I mean, to make themselves look useful. It's just absolutely ridiculous that we're at a point now that if you even say, hey, I think that John Sullivan cat that was at the Capitol was a fucking fed, a bunch of people that know and revealed COINTEL pro fucking 30 years ago. will look at you and Oh yeah, that's bullshit. The FBI says yada, yada, yada. It's like the FBI was your enemy before Donald Trump was in office. What fucking happened to you people? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking amazing what happens once, once it's your guy in power, you know, it's it's just like the fucking you know the BLM thing. It was like oh a cab a cab, and I'm like yeah, finally they fucking get it. <laughs> and now they're like these insurrectionists need to be arrested, and it's like by the fucking police that you were saying should be should have been defunded last year. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, like that. Well, like that kid that was, it was just revealed that kid uh, called the uh, feds on his dad, who was oh a, my god, he was a. Uh, what was he a three percenter or an oath keeper one of the two and he called the feds on his dad and had his dad locked up and he goes i generally agree all cops are bad i just figured on a federal level that 
they they wouldn't be as bad as locally. Oh my god! It's like no, dude, no, no, no. They're they're worse. They're worse. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally missing the point. Like, how dare you be more loyal to the state than you are to your own family? You oh know, shut your god. fucking mouth and get on with your business. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope that dude used his one phone call to call his wife and be like, "Take that little fucking cocksucker out of the will right now." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he got kicked out. And of tell him that I'm fucking waiting for him. I get out of here. Well, what's even more disgusting is he's raised over a hundred thousand dollars off of it. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you people, man? You're cheering this kid on for turning in his own father. Like that's and, some. That's some. And serious- that right there is. That is the fucking like that is the distilled pure form of the subversion that the state and the cathedral are doing right now. They are convincing kids to turn in their parents for fuck's sake over over what? Over what color the fucking guy at the at, sitting in the fucking puppet seat is is yeah, oh well, God. you know, that's 15,000 fucking hours of government schooling. Yeah, it's finally, yep. it's finally paying off for these fucking people. Absolutely. It only took Yuri a- Bezmanov called it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took him a few generations, but they got to him. That's what he said. He's like, it would take two to three generations to, to jam into the soft heads of American youth communist socialist propaganda. Well, and, and I, you know, a lot of it to me, it was, it's, it's um, a result of post 9-11 American culture. If yeah. You, if you look at, I mean, I'm guessing you're probably about my age, maybe a little bit younger, but I'm 41. I was born in 79, you know, so I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer and our generation Gen X is very independent like most of the most of the anarchists that i know are gen xers you know and we were running the streets doing our own thing from dusk till dawn dawn to dusk all the time always gone parents kicking us out of the house first thing in the morning don't come back until it's dark outside yada 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 and then suddenly nine and nine eleven happened you had helicopter parenting totally fucked up the mentality of the youth yeah, it's and it's it's wild because I'm I'm actually I'm I'm technically a millennial. I'm 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 like right on the cusp. I was born in '89. Um, oh, okay, but despite that, I do not consider myself a '90s kid. I am like I was born in the wrong decade. I should have been in my teens and twenties in the '80s, doing coke and listening to Echo and the Bunny Men at fucking Emerald <laughs> City in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, just fucking going ham. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, it's actually something that, um, I, I had the same, the same thing growing up. It was like at fucking nine, 10 o'clock parents were like, yo, in or out. And I was like, all right, out. And we went out and we just fucking, we went ballistic. My mom could whistle louder than anyone on the fucking face of the earth. I could be three towns over and I hear that whistle. I'm like, yo, I gotta get the fuck home. It's time to go in. We're done. Mom's calling. Yeah. No, yeah, I re- but I mean, we were, we were left to our own devices. I mean, I was, you know, like eight years old. I'm like, I'm going to go, go to the food mart. Grab I remember a bar or some I re- shit. I remember the first time that I experienced helicopter parenting. I was, 
I was probably about 15 or 16. And there was down the street from us, probably, I don't know, we lived in a cul-de-sac. They were probably about halfway down the street. There was, there was this family and their kid would come out. He was just, he was like 13. He was a little bit younger than us. He was my brother's age and he would come and he'd hang out with us in the cul-de-sac. And it was, it seemed like every two hours, his dad was out whistling for him to come home. And it was like, what the fuck? And you could hear him as he came running down the street. I'm right here. And his dad, where have you been? And you're like, dude, what, what kind of bullshit is this? You know? And I, I never did that to my kids. They wanted to go outside. I'm like, all right, man, you go outside. I might walk out the front door every once in a while and check and make sure that, you know, everything's okay. And nobody's fucking killing each other. But you know, they're, they're out there having fun, playing with their friends, riding their bikes, whatever, man. Don't get hit by a car. Have fun. Like George Carlin said, whatever happened to a kid sitting in the backyard with a fucking stick? You sat there with a fucking stick and you dug a fucking hole. What, what happened to that? Like, <laughs> I, know, I, I know that makes me sound like, you know, like some old get off my lawn kind of dude. But, it's, but honestly, I think, I think there is absolutely a correlation between the freedom that we used to have as kids versus the absolute lack of freedom that the next generation experienced and this whole i'm going to put my parents in jail fucking kind of mindset it's mind-blowing to me it's why like i have felt so alienated from most people my own age all my friends are at least like five years older than i am because they were they were at the like just right before all of this like for lack of a better term, pussification happened. Like my buddy Joey worked his fucking ass off to get everything he has. And like, I did the same thing. And I'm looking at like the, the kids my age that are like, oh, the government should like cancel my student loans. And it's like, bitch, you signed the contract. It's not my fault you fucking got a garbage degree. Right. Why is it my job to, to pay it off? Well, they'll just cancel it. There's no such thing as canceling. All you're doing <laughs> is shifting that burden onto my shoulders and or, all of the your, other producers. <laughs> or, or, your, or your kids' shoulders or your kids' kids' shoulders. You yeah. Know, I, I was talking to, to a, a friend of ours the other day uh, in, in, a, in a group chat, and I, and I was like, look, man, I was like, imagine this. I was like, your daughter is you know or let's just put it this way my granddaughter is one year old right she her children are already in debt that is fucking insanity oh yeah i mean the second i was born i owed the federal government like something like 70 or 80 thousand dollars i think I now, that I, number has grown significantly we printed oh, like six trillion last year yeah it absolutely has <laughs> Well, before last year, I had looked and it was a child born. I think it was in 2017, uh, was born owing the federal government $255,000. Jesus fucking Christ. And, and like nobody, nobody thinks like that. And then it just, you know, it's just, it, they're like, oh, well, we're never going to pay it. And it's like, yeah, but that, that should bother you. <laughs> it should bother you that your child owes a quarter of a million dollars the second it enters the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, you're, 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 uh, a fit, you're 
you're essentially birthing a, a surf class. Yeah. You know? Now, I and I would remember I was talking to my dad, and it was like after I started getting into libertarianism, and we're talking, and and I had quoted that meme to him, name, name one thing that's not taxed, regulated, or illegal. And he was like, you know what? You're right. If I walked up to anybody, if I talk to anybody my age right now and ask them if we're more free today than we were when we were kids, they would say absolutely fucking not. No fucking way. You know? And I wonder, do you think that this was the inevitable result of the of 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 the technology that we're seeing in society today do you think it was i've obviously brzezinski has been writing about the technocratic state since the 50s you know um you had a brave new world aldous huxley called it a blueprint for the future do you do you think they they um were so actively designing this or do you just think it was inevitable you know it's strange i i almost think it's like a combination of the two you know i i read this great article a while back about why libertarian science fiction is some of the best science fiction and it's because since we're always dreaming of ways to innovate and change things for the better like libertarian science fiction tends to have a better imagination when it comes to what the future could be. And with that, it also has a very rational approach to how that same technology can be used negatively. It's where you get your Orwells, your Huxleys, and, and, and you see these things in practice. And sometimes it sure feels like the government is just like, Hey man, Orwell was on to something. Fucking Big Brother. That sounds that sounds dope. What if we, dude? What if we could just see fucking everything? Then boom, like Patriot Act, and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but I, I think that I think that it's almost like it's almost like humans and dogs. Like the state and technology have evolved alongside each other, and it was just like, yeah, buddy, you're gonna help me. You're gonna help me out. You're gonna help me spy on that fucking guy in, in New Jersey. Uh, that, yeah, that motherfucker. I wanna see what he's up to. Let's let's read his phone calls. Let's see who he's talking to. That's, that's, and I, I, and I think it was kind of like that, because, you know, Google started off as just like a couple of dudes that were like, hey, man, let's make a search engine. And now it's just like, hey, man, let's fucking drive public opinion. And the state being what it is has been in bed with them long enough that they're now basically one entity. You know, what, what we've all been referring to as the cathedral. Um, and I think, I think the marriage of the two was inevitable, for sure. I think the state and technology becoming one force was inevitable. You have your wild cards like your Elon Musk's that yes, like he accepts government. He's, he has accepted government funding to put towards his projects and whatnot. And it's like, I get that. But I think he's one of like the only ones that's like, I want to make this tech for the reasons I want to fucking make it. Whereas Google has an agenda. Facebook has an agenda. Twitter has an agenda. And it just so happens that all of their agendas happen to be fucking progressivism and the state's like yes progressivism good dependency good everyone should depend on the state 
And that's why we're printing money at this rate. That's why your kid owes a quarter million dollars the second he comes out of your snatch. That's why we're at where we're at here in January of 2021. Well, I had I had a thought while you were going through that rant. And yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, you, reality television made it okay. The new the the real world on MTV getting to sit there and snoop in on everybody in their life for those three weeks or those that month or however long they were living together made it seem cool to actually spy on people. Yeah, (laughs) because it was like it was like, ooh, because you know what it is? Mass surveillance is basically just state voyeurism. Yeah. And reality television was normalizing voyeurism to the masses where it was like, hey, it's okay that we spy on you. It's just like your own little episode of the real world. Right. Yeah, Yeah. there's some drama. Maybe you have a little fling with somebody. But it's just your own little episode of the real world. Yeah. Never mind that we're going to send state agents to throw you in a fucking cage, put you up against the wall and execute you. But, hey, it's just just like the real world. We're fucking... What was that one? I love New York on VH1. (laughs) Some ass dating show. And the only reason I know that is because at that time when that show was out, I was young enough and dumb enough and there was nothing else on TV that I watched that garbage. And now that you mention it, yeah, I mean, it's reality television. It it was basically just programming to be like, yeah, no, it's, it's totally okay to just like, watch people living their lives and that and i think that ultimately bred the well if you're doing nothing wrong then what have you got to worry about right well and then you look at and and you look at the um the sitcoms in the uh in the in the 2000s especially uh late 90s early 2000s they were almost set up as reality television if you watched like everybody loves raymond or or Seinfeld, and they they almost felt like reality television in the way that they were designed. Yeah, it, it, it was all. Yeah, it was presenting it almost as if you were watching this from the outside, but not in like a clear distinction between reality and television kind of way, but in a, in a very immersive, personal kind of way. Right. And I I wouldn't be surprised if that was purposeful, truthfully. Well, I mean, I mean, we we know that the CIA, FBI, all all work hand in hand with Hollywood constantly. Oh, absolutely. You know, they have their own department. You know, of the CIA to to feed information. So who knows, who knows what kind of ideas are coming out of there? Yeah, okay. makes me glad I haven't had cable in years. I don't. I can't remember the last time I watched television. You know, feels I, good. Yeah. It feels good to say that. You know? I was I was never a fan of TV anyway. It was just like, oh, whatever. It's, it's just something there, you know. And then, you know, once I started my podcast, I I mean, I watched. I was I was stuck. Um, I was stuck in a, a hotel for three days. You know, last weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before, because my truck was getting worked on. So I watched football for the first time in probably like six years. You know, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, once I started podcasting, I spend all my time reading and listening to other podcasts and researching and studying and trying to figure out what the hell's going on and what, what my intended audience, 
like could utilize and use in their own lives, you know? Yeah. And, and what's great about filling your time with that kind of stuff, like, especially podcasts. Like I, I listen to, I listen to Pete show. I listen to Tom Woods. I, I, I have like a rotation I go through, you know, I just, I kind of bounce around, but it's like, they're entertaining, but you're also learning at the same time. There's tons of great information out there. And it's like, instead of watching some mindless bullshit, you can listen to an entertaining podcast where you're laughing, you're having a good time, but you're also gaining useful information. And to your point, actually, about the the reality television shit and trying to influence people that way, that reminds me, back in 2014, Facebook, and it blows my mind. Actually, me and my buddy were just talking about this a few weeks ago. Facebook selected a little over a half a million people on the website. Oh, I know where you're going. And they, they took some of them and started feeding them only negative posts, only negative stuff, bad news, deaths, bombings, etc. And then they took a, another subset of people and fed them more positive stuff. Like, oh, this fucking puppy is cute. And like all this just like more positive shit. And they got outed for it. They were like, hey, you were straight up manipulating the news for over a half a million people trying to influence their emotions because you just wanted to. And they were just like, yeah, no, we did it. And we're sorry. We're going to not do that anymore. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. There was no follow-up. There was no, there was no media coverage. There was no, there was no outrage. There were like, there were like a handful of people that were like, yo, dude, did you maybe think that like one of the people you were feeding negative information to was somebody that was already battling depression or Mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts and you just completely made the world seem even bleaker for somebody, but they don't give a shit. No. And they, and they still, they still have done they have not been held accountable for this. Oh, absolutely just, not. And this was, this I wouldn't was, be surprised if that was a federal program. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, uh, you know, an extension of MK ultra or operation mockingbird. And yeah. if I remember right, it, it was, it was explained that it was a social experiment done on unwitting individuals to be able to design algorithms that would keep people engaged on the website so that they could uh, gather more information about you so they had more data to sell. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they ultimately learned that anger generates more likes and shares than... That was exactly do- what than, it was. ...than cute dogs or whatever. And that's why, that's why all of the conservatives see more articles from liberal news sources and things that would piss them off or things from, you know, like quote far right websites where it's like, you know, like they see more QAnon type shit and they're like, yeah, they read the headline, they share it and they all get into a big circle jerk. And that generates interaction and interaction generates data for Facebook to sell to advertisers. Right. They do. And they do this for, for the conservatives and the liberals 
the liberals get to see all this shit about how UBI is amazing and all this stuff. And how and everybody's how, a white supremacist. Yep. Oh, all of the identity <laughs> politics goes right to them. And, and you can see how, how the cathedral's messaging has changed in the case of like, whenever there's a shooting, it'll be like white man, white cop shoots black man in altercation. Mm-hmm. But if a black cop shoots a black man or a black cop shoots a white man, it'll be like cop. office. It'll be like officer shoots, shoots man in dispute. They completely leave race out of it unless the officer is white. Right. And again, uh, and I'm not like, I'm not defending cops. I, uh, you know, I kind of despise them as an institution, but I'm just using, this is one of the more obvious examples that we've seen in uh, the current sociopolitical climate. About oh yeah. You're definitely being manipulated by the way that they're presenting yeah. stories. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, the fact that the DC, the DC rise in, june was it last year june yeah where there were flames and and pillars of smoke in dc right mostly peaceful yeah but but (laughs) the fucking senior citizens bus getting lost on its way to atlantic city and ending up in dc (laughs) is a fucking insurrection get Uh, the fuck out of here they uh, were just they were like where's bally's i call it the great boot i call it the great boomer tour of 2021 (laughs) The boomer contour of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the, the blue collar comedy tour. It's the great uh, boomer capital tour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like the fact that they're like, oh, these were these were right wing extremists. Did you did you see the picture of that fucking old lady with her mask on? Just like I'm at the Capitol. <laughs> I'm sorry if. All right, if that's an insurrection, okay, then, then the security there was abysmal because if they couldn't <laughs> stop fucking Gertrude from shuffling in with her walker with the tennis balls on the fucking feet, then, then I don't know what to tell you besides hire a different firm. <laughs> that's no doubt, man. And I, I did hear that the that the chief of the Capitol police actually requested for backup six times prior to the, the, the entire event. And every no time, because that wouldn't be good optics. Exactly. Exactly. It wouldn't be good optics. And, and who make, who makes that call? That's Congress. Congress makes that call. The it ca- good optics yet for the inauguration, they have the entire national guard there. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That looked great. Uh, it was that's that's okay optics but it wasn't it wasn't when the insurrection was happening <laughs> i mean fucking dc looked like rwanda yeah. <laughs> oh jesus christ all right man we're, we're we're running right at an hour man like so yeah. let's wrap it up with uh any any other information you got and make sure you plug everything you got yeah, I think I think the most important thing right now is um, do your research, reach out to people that you know and trust, and see what platforms they're on. You know, a lot of us are on Signal. I also have a Telegram account because you never know when either one of them is going to go down. Um, I prefer Signal, but I like having Telegram for a backup. 
check out CryptPad for file sharing, document sharing. Um, there's several other alternatives for social media right now. MeWe's popular, but it's really not decentralized and they've already kind of started doing some censorship. So likely you're gonna wanna look for some alternatives there. But ultimately the important thing to remember is that all of these major media platforms are going to remove you if they see you as quote dangerous enough. Um, so it's important to kind of build a network now with people you can, even if it's just people you've met online, you know, uh, just mutual friends, you, you both share each other's memes or whatever. Like that's a, that's a good person to just be like, Hey, let's stay in touch on some other platforms. Um, because I think things are going to get pretty wacky in the near future and having that line of communication is going to be super important. Um, but it's not all black build. Everything that's been happening, despite all of this, um, I've also seen a lot of positive. I've seen a lot of people coming together in the ways I've described, which is giving me a lot of hope. So keep your chin up, grow your network, grow some food if you can, and kind of uh, just start working towards some sort of autonomy in any way you can. And also, if for some reason you need graphics designed, or if you like libertarian science fiction, you can read my book or have me make graphics for you at ryanbunting.com. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to support our own uh, ryanbunting.com. He is an official sponsor of Year Zero. Um, and you know, we, we barter back and forth. He gets ads. I get uh, graphic design. So it works out well for both of us. He not only designed, work, baby. Yeah. He not only designed uh, my podcast logo, he also designed uh, my book cover whenever it, I do finally finish that. And you know, <laughs> I, I'm almost done. I, I swear. I got like five more stories I'm working on, but like, I'm just kind of like, whittling through them and i've been so busy the last three weeks i i haven't even looked at it but i am going to get through it and it will be out you know before 2024 um, <laughs> <laughs> but i got to get it done because i got another book i want to start writing and uh this one's gonna that be, feeling <laughs> gonna be really intense so but yeah man um keep up with ryan where can they reach out to you if they if they want to ask you any questions about the technology um, you can find me on Twitter. You can try to track me down on Facebook, though I'm probably less receptive to randoms there. But you can get me uh, on Twitter, uh, just at Ryan A. Bunting. And um, you can find me on MeWe. Just look for the picture of the guy that looks like he's from New Jersey sitting on a rock. That'll be me. Uh, track me down on MeWe. Um, and, you know, just reach out or you can even go through, go through Tommy, go through any of his people and be like, Hey, put me in touch with that guy and they'll send you my way. All right. All right, man. Hang on one second. I'm just gonna this off. Just a slave All your good intentions Took you to your grave Your pride is how They killed you With the flag you wave Just like a fool 
promised you a mountain, gifted you a stone. They demanded that you throw it into your neighbor's home and then seize all that they worked for and give it to the throne just like a tool. Something that they're teaching us in school. They dumps down all around propaganda, their pollution. They set a cage up on the stage, a facade for a solution. They build a wall, block them all from this mental institution. It's insane. These crimes done in our names Seems to me authority and tyranny Are both one and the same Thank you.